Yeah, and I was saying because we have an international audience, and so we always like to say where you were born and, and raised. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I was born and raised in Violin, New Jersey, okay. and that's the south part of Jersey, um, of course, you know, here in America. And all my life, pretty much, I was raised there and um, then traveled and moved to Delaware um, once I had met my husband. Okay. You know, a lot of, we've interviewed a lot of people who are out from New Jersey. Uh, the boys from Rift, Nitty, um, Mahafa Blackstreet, um, <laughs> Bub, um, Naughty by Nature. So it's amazing how New Jersey yeah. um, and the music scene seem to have raised a lot of people with, uh, with talent. And Regina Bell, you know, it's, uh, did, growing up, did you, did you know any of, of them? Um, growing up, no. And I think that may be more so because, like I said, with me growing up in South Jersey and with most of those being either Central or North, yeah. that's probably why I really didn't, you know, uh, grow up with them. And uh, trust me, when I tell you where I'm from is really country. Okay. So <laughs> it was like, whoa, someone at that time, like someone that made it from like the boondocks. Are you kidding me? Wow. So no, I had I didn't meet anybody until I actually got in the industry. Didn't know anybody before that. Okay, well then, growing up in, in your area, how did you, you know what, what 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 how did you start singing, growing up there? Okay, well, I'm from a, a and I thank God for this. I'm from a musically inclined family. Okay. So my mother and my father, both you know, rest in peace. Um, they were brought up in the church and they sang. And um, there were eight of us with me being the baby. And so because, you know, like I said, with, with them being brought up in church, they brought us up in church. We take my classes off. <laughs> they brought church as well. So um, it started with the choir, singing on the church choir. And then from the church choir, you know, as I started going to school, I started singing in school choirs. But what's crazy is I wasn't really that solo artist. You know, um, it wasn't until like my grandmother, my maternal grandmother had um, kind of heard something in my voice, you know, when I would sing um, on the gospel choir at church. And so she just kind of convinced me, you know, let's let's just, just try it like some solos, you know, because I have other siblings that sing as well. Um, like there's really one sister of mine that, whew. I tell people, if you think I can sing, you need to hear her sing. And she's more gospel. But okay. nevertheless, um, so I started singing solo. And then from there, you know, the pastor and um, I just started getting, you know, um, requests to sing. And then even on the uh, school side, when I was in those choirs, the same thing pretty much happened. People um, started hearing about me. And so um, our choir director at school was like, can you, you know, sing a couple of solos? So it was, I was a little bit on the shy side and then I just started branching out more. And I also was into a lot of sports. So um, basketball and, and cheerleading, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I played, I played basketball, but I really loved cheerleading. So oh. I cheered for basketball and football. And a couple of times I, I was asked to sing the, you know, the national anthem. Okay. And so before you know it, it just started, I guess words started getting out. So shortly after graduation, just kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Shortly after graduation, um, my brother, um, my one brother that's still living, his name is Chris. He was the one that was like, we need to get you in a studio. 
I want to just hear how you sound in a studio. So he had a friend. We lived in Millville, New Jersey at that time. So we had a friend that um, my brother knew because my brother rapped along with a cousin of ours. So they put me in the studio and I just kind of sang Tracy Spencer's song. I think one was Shanice. Then my brother started kind of like just letting people hear it. Fast forwarding a little bit more. Then my uh, cousin and a brother-in-law of mine that are also musically inclined knew of Rodney Jerkins. So that's where Jerkins and I kind of connected. And then I went to let Rodney hear me sing um, at his home in Pomona, New Jersey. He wanted to sign me right on the spot. So uh-huh. that's how I, I, you know, that's my whole, pretty much my life from, I'm leading from the beginning to how I got in the music industry. Uh, okay. Well, I want to go back a little bit because growing up then at, at that, um, you know, probably while in high school, what were you, who were you listening to and who, who, who were you inspired by musically? Oh, man. Um, again, because the family was so like religious, there was a lot of church music. Okay. Uh, my mother was a fan. My mother was a fan of Shirley Caesar. Every now and again, believe it or not, my mom would listen to Patti LaBelle, okay. you know, um, and, and I think it's because people had said she sounded a lot like Patti LaBelle, um, you know, um, just those vocals. She just could just, I mean, well, those vocals, but Vanessa Bell Armstrong was a big one. The Clark sisters, okay. um, uh, a lot of gospel, a lot of gospel artists. Um, and then, of course, there was, you know, um, some of the R&B um, that my parents would play, like the old school, you know, Temptations. My mother, she absolutely loved the Temptations, especially their Silent Night. <laughs> um, but the list can really go on. I want to say that I really, really was crazy about um, Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Okay. Uh I just absolutely would just put her stuff on repeat and repeat and repeat, you know, as I was growing up. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's more because there was so many, you know, and I like, you know, pretty much uh, multiple types of music, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So when when they, you know, the, your brother was talking about, wow, you know, you could sing and let's try and get you in the studio. Were you thinking, oh, I can make a, become a recording artist? Or what were your thoughts about what you were going to do after high school? Well, I didn't think, honestly, I knew that was a dream, but I really was like, I did not have my hopes up for it. There was no way. Um, my parents also was big on education, so I was really good in school as well. Yeah. Um, so my, my thing was I wanted to be a, a pediatrician. Okay. So... Yeah. So after high school, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, music is definitely first, but you know, kind of got caught up in a relationship with my oldest son's father. (laughs) So what kind of happened was, you know, the whole love thing comes along and it kind of just, you know, pauses you a little bit. So what happened was I ended up going to a community college, you know, and I ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son. So it kind of was like, uh, you know, put that on pause for a little bit. Maybe I'll just go back and be a nurse okay. <laughs> because I also love the medical field. I just, I love, you know, love the medical field. So after that, um, I kind of still was, even with the whole working with the Rodney Jerkins, I kind of got in there too. So um, at that point, it was like, okay, I have my son, you know, I, I'm with, you know, Rodney Jerkins, maybe this thing will happen. And so one day I got a call that, hey, a couple labels were interested and it kind of went from there. So 
the school thing was a pause. Okay. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you, because yeah. at the so time. I try to mix. Yeah, no, so the, no, sorry, at the time you, 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 you met with Rodney, who, I'm trying to think about the year you met him, has he, has he, who has he, any major work here, to, I know he was a Teddy very briefly, but had he done anything significant uh, um, before, uh, by the time you met him? Uh, well, let's say this, I know he had been working with some artists, um, when you say significance, um so this is pre-brandy this is pre-jennifer no, yeah no he hadn't worked with any of them i know he was doing some writing for some other artists but i believe that once once he started you know working with me and got his deal through mercury i think a lot more things started okay. just you know feathering for him um, but I do know he was working with other artists, just but they weren't like the Brandys or the Michael Jacksons. Yeah, yeah. You know, they kind of like came along, um, you know, kind of like after the mix, after the mix, you know. Um, so to my knowledge, that's kind of okay. what I know. Because he was so busy with my project, you know, and I'm quite sure if like if there was someone else that he was working with prior to me, that yeah. was, you know, huge. I believe they would have shared that you know, um, with me, but to my knowledge, no. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we, we, we know the work he's done subsequently, but how was, what, what was your impression when you saw him at first, this young kid, um, musically? Well, I had heard a great deal about him already through family members, through, again, one at the time, my brother-in-law and my cousin Kenny. So I heard many great things about him. And then my sister had knew, the one that I told you that also sings gospel, yeah. um, she knew she knew of the Jerkins and knew them as well. And they knew of her. Um, so I had already heard some really good things about him. So I was super excited. And when I did finally get to meet him, it was everything that I thought, you know, very talented young man, very respectful, very mannerable, um, very focused. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and the, the, the work vibe was good. You know, yeah. he definitely, definitely is, is, is a genius with his music. He definitely is. Yeah. And he's fast. He's very fast. And then I even worked with his brother, Fred, who is also, you know, oh, yeah, Fred, yeah. during that time. Hello? Oh, hello? There you go. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm like, uh oh, what, did he hear any? I don't, I'm not sure, you know. Yeah, what no, you no, when well, you said, yeah, you said when you, you you worked with him and then as long alongside his brother Fred. Okay, so you heard a good amount. So, yeah, Fred um, was in on the project as well. He too was a phenomenal producer, well as slash songwriter. Um, and the both of them together, you know, again, and I'm speaking of that time. Um, you know, worked well together. And mm. I think, you know, at the time I felt like we were hand in gloves. That's how I kind of felt like it was, it was a pretty cohesive match there. You know, they brought some things out of me. Um, it was definitely a first experience for me to, I mean, record an album. And I mean, we hustled, we did, we did so much. So um, it was great. It was, I have to say it was great. Um, their whole family is, um, you know, sweet people. 
Did, did did you know how to do any writing? When, when, you know, because I know you were singing and it focused a lot on your vocals. But what about actually putting pen to paper and writing, helping with the songwriting? So that was another thing that they actually brought out of me. Oh. Um, I really didn't. I really didn't write as much as I should have. Let's put it like that. As I look back at it now, but they did try to encourage me to write more. Um, and I did write some, I will say on that first album, um, I wrote, um, I probably co-wrote on, I think it was maybe two or three. One okay. of them, I actually wrote pretty much the whole song and that was Freak On. Um, and again, this was the, you know, the, the first album. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then, like I said, I co-wrote um, on a couple of other ones, one being one of the ones his brother had written. Um, and so they tried and they did encourage, but I, I, I think what was happening was, I was being molded and, 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 and pulled in like different directions. And I can explain this now and it probably was not the best. I probably couldn't explain it this way then, but yeah. um, now I'm seeing that that was such a, uh, a novice era for me. And I was just being pulled in so many directions. And as a novice writer as well, I just was like, you know, let me just focus on this. So let me just focus on this and let me just focus on this, meaning more so just the singing because, yeah. you know, I felt like I just had to deliver, you know, and then an image, you know, it was like, that's what you hear, you know, get in the gym and do this and do that. And, you know, luckily I was never a big, big, big person. <laughs> you, know, you know how that industry is. Yeah. Now I'm three kids later, <laughs> you know, but nevertheless, um, like I said, um, I did do some writing and um, definitely did far more on my second project. And then yeah anything and moving forward but yeah so they did try to encourage me they did. Yeah. did so was your brother still supporting you around this time after they introduced you to you know after you were working with you you know management teaching about the business and and things um honestly and that's a touchy part of my life because I know that family wanted to I know that they did. I know my brother, well, he had went on and, you know, he had got married and was, you know, focused on his family. Okay. Um, my cousin and even my brother-in-law, you know, they, they were focused on their family. I think what began to happen, um, and like I said, this is touchy, is that that's where the separation started coming in or the distance, the distance started coming in. And I started traveling, you know, to so many different places. Yeah. And then it just kind of became where I was lured in and, and Rodney's father became my manager. So Rodney's my producer and now his dad's my manager. So it was kind of like people were kind of, you know, they were pushed out of the way and really there's no other way to say it. Pushed out of the way and the rev kind of like, you know, took control of my career. Um, and the rev did ask me if I wanted my mother to be a part of the management team. But my mom was feeling like, you know, she just really didn't know much. And yeah. you know, again, having a big family, you know, mother had other things to focus on as well. Of course, my family was supportive, prayed for me, loved me, you know, loved me and, you know, wanted the best for me. But I have a big family and everybody, you know, have their families. Yeah. So mom was just like, no, she, you know, she just kind of gave the rev her blessing, like, just take care of my baby, you know. Um, and it was kind of on that note. So again, you know, my brother, my brother-in-law and my cousin, um, it just kind of was like they were there for that support, but they didn't hold me any longer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, 
And 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 I guess it, you know, I think one of the things that's that surprised a lot of us as fans is the fact that, you know, we, when we're watching the music videos and, and and an album goes platinum, we're like, wow, you guys are you know making making loads of, of money and stuff. And then we learn about the business size and the contracts and all the royalties and the splits, and then it's like, wow. And the fact is, you know, we learned that back in those days you were just you get a record deal and, and they're taking around the world. You don't, no one checks the, the bank account until later on. For you, what was it What was it for, for you? I mean, as I said, they opened the doors, gave you an opportunity, but did they explain everything and, and, and made sure that you were, get, you, you were taken care of? Okay. Uh, where do I begin? Okay, so yes, let me say this. Um, I definitely um, agree with you get these opportunities and you're pulled all over the place and that money <laughs> and you look in the bank account, you're like oh, a penny, but you know, so nevertheless, with my experience, I too went through the whole, it's almost like everybody else makes the money, but you, but yeah. I will tell you this, when I got my advances from the record company, or advance, I will say that Reverend Jerkins really did say to me, try to hold on to that money as much as you can. He stressed paying taxes. He was really on point with things like that. He really was. So I did end up, you know, investing or getting uh, financial advisors. I'm not even going to put their name out of who I, I'm, let me just say this. I did have financial advisors, but I don't think the advisement was what it could have, what it should have been. And I'll leave it at that. Um, I'm not one to, I'm not dragging no company down, not doing anything. However, with that being said, um, although I want to say that, yes, I believe I should have had more money than I did get. A lot of it is my fault though, simply mm. because the one thing that my mother and father always taught me when I was, as I was growing up in our family, you don't put your full trust in no man, but God. You don't ever do that. You need to learn things for yourself. But as I mentioned earlier on, being that artist and just so much coming at me, I'm trying to focus on so many different things. Yeah. I'm putting my full trust in people. I'm yeah. trusting my attorneys. I'm trusting people with, with money. And because I wasn't a writer, yeah. you know, or didn't write much, that, you know, I didn't see that money. So... I know it's a several things that I'm trying to say at once. So let me slow down just a little bit and kind of focus on one aspect at a time. So the key is it as an artist, many people want to go out there and they think that it's it's just all glamorous and you're making a bit, you're making all this money. Yeah. Your best bet as an artist is to educate yourself first on the money. Make sure that you do have financial advisement. Make sure your taxes are being paid. Hallelujah, as Medea <laughs> says it. Please make sure that that happens. Um, stay on top of your game. That's the best advice that I can give anybody instead of just being so gullible and naive and being so anxious and wanting to sign. When somebody tells you to get an attorney to look at that contract, please do that. And get someone that you, you know, that has a reputable, uh, that's reputable you know, someone that you, you feel comfortable with. And 
learn as much as you can about the business. I mean, know where your money is going. That budget that you're getting at that label, know where it's going. Have a manager that works for you, um, not you working for them or mm. working together. Have a manager that listens to the things that you say that you want to do versus them trying to control everything for themselves. I ran through several managers and I'm not even going to begin to put out there who I'm talking to because mm. they know who they are. I've had several managers that uh, just try to just take control. Learning what a manager is supposed to do is also your money, if that mm. makes any sense. Mm. So again, going back to one of the key things is on this aspect of basically just knowing the business as much as you can get in there and learn if you got to read if you got to know what's going on behind the scenes go ahead and do that because that's your business you're mm -hmm. a commodity you're the business and if you let any and everybody else take control that's what they're just going to do however there are people that believe you know they have family members that can come in, that can help them out and that they feel comfortable with feeling like, okay, well, I can trust them because that's my family. You still, at the end of the day, should learn as much as you can about the business because there's some family members you can't trust either. Yeah. So the best advice that I can give to stay on top of your money, to stay mm. on top of your game is know where your money's going and, oh. and, and, and make sure that you're, leading you're leading that pack don't let everybody lead you you can have some of that guidance you can have some advice you can have some words of encouragement but you better ride that ship you better steer steer that boat because people will try to take advantage and run your life but don't nobody know you better than you know yourself so run your business that's mm. the best advice i can give and i think if i was a lot more stern and less naive that i would i would have been a lot further uh, than where I was and then even where I am now. But don't don't get me wrong. I'm so thankful to God that I'm standing today, even though it was the one song or two songs in some areas, and it's been 20 something plus years, when I tell you that God has brought me to a place of such understanding and, and acceptance, he truly has. And I have a story and I and 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 I know that I'm, you know, that 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 my story will help someone else. It actually has helped some, I'm quite sure. So when you asked, well, I said, you ready for this story? <laughs> so when it comes to the money, I'm not sure if I answered it exactly how you want it, but I yeah. answered what was on my heart. Yeah, no, no, that's, so. that's, that's really powerful. And but I guess it's the hard thing is that when you're still young, um, you know, in your early 20s and, and this opportunity, it, how hard is it to even think long term? <laughs> you better believe it, especially, you know, and I, you know, I didn't, I, my upbringing was on a poor side. So it's like somebody's giving you a $25,000 advance, yeah. like, oh, uh, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, so those things as well happen. But like I said, there are many people, they get excited, you know, the, the, the gullibleness, the naive, and, you know, you're not even thinking about vultures. You're thinking everybody's in your ear saying, uh, if it's not how good you look, it's how good you sound. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? So you kind of, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be famous. And like I said, it was a dream for me, but I, I really didn't see myself ever doing it. I just knew that I had, I love music. I love to sing, you know, and I'm just like, Lord, I thank you. This is happening. So I'm trying to focus on so many other things and just put it my full trust in everyone 
And I should have just been more, like I said, up on my game. And I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, how long did it take to record your first, your debut album? I want to say, believe it or not, we probably knocked that thing out in like a couple of months. And I say that because we did so much pre-production at Rodney's house. Oh, yeah. And I sat and I lived with the song. So by the time we went to do, to Manhattan to record it, um, we were pretty much just knocking them out. And I had even did like all my backgrounds, except for maybe, maybe it was like two songs. Tony Curtis was on one of them. And then um, 112 was on the remix of The Things You Do, which is the, yeah. one that, the ones that you guys know. But I, be I believe for the most part, I did all my backgrounds and everything. So about two months. And we just kept okay. knocking it out, stayed in New York and just kept knocking it out. Yeah. yeah. And so when, when, when it comes to, because it's very hard, because a lot of us would say, oh, we know you with Rodney. Then some of us say, oh, we all thought you were a bad boy artist. Then some things, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you're part of Missy's camp. So how did the sort of relationship between Puffy, Missy, and then sort of come about? So with the first album, um, once it was completed and we decided on the first single, which was the things you do, um, the record company was like, they liked it, but they wanted it to have more of a, what was going on at that time vibe. So they, uh, my A&R who was at that time, Bruce Carbone and Mr. C was my, I think the assistant A&R um, over at Mercury. They talked with Rodney and the Rev. Everybody knows Reverend Jerkins by the Rev. They talked <laughs> And um and was like, hey, how do you feel about having Puffy get on this? Because Puffy, of course, was just he was killing the game at the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, um, they thought that it was cool, and then they ultimately talked to me. Excuse me, excuse me about that. Um, and of course, I'm like, uh, is that a trick question? <laughs> uh, is that a trick question? So basically, they got a um, with Puffy. Puffy heard the original and felt like he wanted. He said he wanted to do the remix. He had a great idea for it. So he was like, yeah, man, let's do this. Let's do this. So even that I knocked out in like one or two days um, and we switched it up in 112, myself um, and Rodney, of course, and Puffy, everyone vibed together. And um, we, we all kind of like put the melody together. And I have to say that 112 was just phenomenal to work with as well. They, you know, some talented brothers. Um, so at that point, after the record was done, um, Puffy was like, I just hear a rap in there or something. And I think he let Missy hear it because Missy at that time was, you know, working with some artists and, you know, starting her thing as well. Yeah. So um, Missy heard it and was like, oh man, yeah, I got to be on this joint. So she heard it and right away she loved it. And so she jumped on it and it kind of went from there. So of course the relationship between Missy and myself started growing more. Um, and Puffy, it was just that. I just recorded and I really had never you know, really spoke to him anymore since then. And it was nothing personal. It just was, he came, him and Biggie came and did the video and then, you know, kept it moving. We cool, but you know, that pretty much was it. Yeah. So, but Missy and I, we started, you know, kicking it more and more. And then, you know, there would be some events or gigs that she would go to and she would reach out and be like, yo, what you doing? What's up? You know, we would, you know, hang out here and there. And then um, before I knew it, the record company, started slowing down on we're like okay yo what's going on you got the things you do out we need another record i'm gonna fast forward a whole bunch so at that point things just didn't work out my attorney sylvia roan over at electra and whomever else over there at electra um and of course the president at mercury 
they all talked about, you know, letting me go because they saw that I was becoming unhappy and, and I felt like I was just being held back because no one was letting a, a second single out. I felt like they didn't even, you know, show enough love with the promotion with the first single. So I felt like, okay, what's going on here? And I just felt like nobody was fighting for me. So, and even Missy was like, what's going on? Why aren't they putting another album out? So moving forward, you know, um, my attorney ended up getting me off the label. Um, and, and I got a nice fee for that. And so Missy, because we were still working together, we were still cool with Rather. And I was doing, you know, reference tracks for her and uh, one of them even being uh, one of the songs that Aaliyah had put out. And so um, Missy was like, well, you know what, G, like, you know, you got to still do something. You know, she felt like I was still too dope and you can't just sit around. So her and Sylvia talked some things out and I end up going over to a lecture with a nice, you know, advancement. And then that, that project, you know, Missy was um, supposed to basically oversee it. And I kind of was like executive producer along with her. So she kind of just told me, just go do your thing. But at that point, Missy was so busy and so large that, I mean, even before that, we know that before that, but she was so, she had so many children, I call it you know, and trying to be a mother to all these children. So it was like, okay, um, I got to keep it moving because I was trying to, you know, get her to be more involved, but I saw that she had to go do her thing too and, 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 you know, feed her other children. That's, you know, that's the best way I could put it. So, and I wasn't mad, you know, because she had other obligations and I knew that in going into this deal. So she kind of gave me the green light just go do your thing and then just let me hear the finished product and I'll let you know how I feel. So when I tell you this second project, we really didn't work together that much. We really didn't. She did do Yada Yada. Mm -hmm. And Jazzy Jeff's camp had um, worked on that project. To be specific, Eric Roberson wrote that song. And he's a big artist that's out to this, to, you know, today. But anyway, um, Missy did rap on Yada Yada, which was the first single off of the If You Only Knew album that was with Electra, And then what happened after that was um, all the other songs she had agreed with in that album meant so much to me, so mm. much to me, simply because I wrote most of it. Mm. And the features that I had on there from Beanie Siegel, mm. the Jazzy Jeff's camp, and I'm sure you remember Montel Jordan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Shep Crawford was on there. The one who wrote How Did, How Did You Get Here by Deborah Cox. Mm -hmm. He wrote on my album. And we also had um, John B. on the album. Mm -hmm. It was such a nice collaboration. Mm -hmm. And then I had a, a local um, producer from Philly um, that my oldest son's father had um, connected me with. But when I tell you that that second album meant so much to me and when they shelved it, it took like every inch of blood out of my capillaries. And I am not exaggerating. Like it, it, it damaged me so bad. I went into a deep depression and it, it gets even deeper than that, but I'll just keep it on that level. It ripped my soul out. And then all of a sudden everybody became ghosts. They didn't know me anymore. And so I just said, you know what? just get me off the label. I just asked my attorney just to get me off the label. And then that's when I decided to just switch careers and moved in another direction because I just couldn't deal with the pain and the hurt anymore. And I'm like, 
why is this happening? You know? So not to get too personal, but it was definitely devastating, traumatizing, severe depression was an understatement. Um, I just felt abandoned. Um, but, uh, but like I said, as the years went on, what God started helping me do was find me more, you know, and I had to get to, a, and it's 20 something years later, but you know what, when, when, when God says it's time, it's time. And that's just the bottom line. Some people, it take longer to heal than others. I could have went and probably done a couple of other things. As a matter of fact, there was a third time that I did try to um, get back and do some things with a local producer in the Philadelphia area. He owned the Laugh House. His name was Roderick. We tried to do some things that just didn't spill out the way. And I wrote like on that project as well. That just didn't work. And then that's when I really was like, you know what? I just probably should just um, just focus on just really just focus on focusing on another career. And so, um, but people still here and there very seldom, you know, would reach out to me and try to get me to do things, but I, I had shut down at that point. So fast forwarding, and I know I'm saying quite a bit. That's so, good. Fast, so fast forwarding to now, um, when I got the outreach from DJ Cassidy, oh, yeah. I just said, well, let me, let me go a little bit before that. My heart had started feeling connected to music again. And I was saying, God, I don't know what this means. I really don't. Like, I haven't sang in years, you know? Mm. But, Lord, you know that music's embedded in my soul. Mm. And I basically let the devil steal my joy. Because I know what I had inside was, it, 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 well, what I still have inside is a gift from the man upstairs. And for me to allow others, the, the people who didn't have my back or didn't care, uh, uh, get into my mind for me to stop doing what I love to do and take from me what God has given me, I got punished for that. Mm. So I believe that I started feeling like I wanted to get reconnected. And I think that God was just working me over. And so what began to happen, little things here and there. And then I get this call, you know, people was trying to outreach to me because of the DJ Cassidy. And I said, okay, okay. This, is, this is pretty big. So now that I have DJ Cassidy here, where does this go? And then I started getting more people reaching out to me and reaching out to me. So now I'm at a point where, God, I'd like to try to do music again. I'd like to, um, I know I still have a fan base out there. I don't know exactly what the end goal is for me, God, but I'm going to let you lead this. So I'm getting people wanting, like yourself, wanting to reach out and talk mm -hmm. to me and more, you know? So that's pretty much where it is with me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, there was a lot you said, and, and, I, and I wanted to go back a little bit to understand so Mercury, I, I, who, who was your labor mates when you, when you first came out on Mercury? We had Brian McKnight, Vanessa yeah. Williams, Ill Al Scratch. Um, ooh. Ooh. Um, Lionel Richie. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else. I, I know there was more, but those are the ones that pop out to me at that time. 
And free. Who, who was the parent company of Mercury? Was it uh, Universal or Warner? With Mercury? I think it was Universal. With it. Yeah, the, I am sorry. I do not recall that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Because no, uh, I think the reason I asked was the... Because um, it's hard to understand. You had a, a hot single that was, you know, you've got Puffy who... You know, I interviewed Mike and Slim from 112 and they spoke about, you know, featuring on, on the, on, you know, I interviewed them a couple of weeks, a month ago, and they spoke about supporting you on, on that, on, on that track. Um, mm -hmm. So you had that heat when that single, that still resonates to a lot of people today. But I just didn't understand why Mercury didn't say, okay, yep, we need another single. And if we needed to get somebody else to feature on it, we'll do so. What do you think was happening? And that's why I asked who was on your label, who was on your label to see if they had a track record of supporting R&B art artists um, at the time. Okay, so to this day, I wanted to know that same answer, <laughs> and I was hoping, yeah, I, honestly, I wanted to know that same answer of why didn't they follow through with um, a second single? Now, to honestly, there's always rumors. But I, I, I care to not share rumors because I don't know them to be true. Mm -hmm. So for that, I will stick with, I'm, I really don't know the real reason of why it did not happen. Because I didn't hear it directly from Bruce Carbone. Again, the rumors, there's certain rumors out there, but I didn't hear it from Bruce. So all I know is I just became unhappy. A second single wasn't put out. They were holding off for whatever reason. I don't even know. Um, and like I said, you know, I spoke to my attorney and was like, there's no need for me to just sit around. Just let me go. Let me go. So that's kind of how that went. But were you still signed with Dark Child and, and managed by yeah. the Rev? Yeah. So did they not take it? Did it weren't they involved in trying to understand what's happening and help them fight the corner? Because they, I believe that they were, and you're, you're I see you're going to get some answers out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mental health therapist, so we, we, we we're always very curious. <laughs> Trust me, I know exactly what you mean because mental health is my specialty as well, right now. <laughs> okay. Um, so, again. Um, it, 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 it goes back to, I know that the Rev and Rodney um, were talking to the label at this time. And believe it or not, I still never got a clear answer as to why I no longer uh, would have anything else put out. So I gave up that fight as well. And I'm like, okay, we don't know why the label's not putting another album out. That's what I'm kind of getting. You oh, we're know talking about a, you're talking about a single, not, not another album. You're talking about the next single. single the next single, the next single. Absolutely. Like, what is being hidden here? I mean, like, what's going on? And I felt everything was a secret. My attorney act like he didn't know. So I, to this day, my thing was they were just freezing many artists. And again, that's a rumor, I guess, because I didn't hear from my A&R. A lot of artists' albums were being held. The label was folding, mm. you know. But again, that was rumors. I'm not sure how true it was. So they weren't going to release anything else with anyone else. 
And so I said, okay, well, then I need to just come off the label and go somewhere else. You know, and I kind of felt like, okay, with representation, so what are we going to do about that? You see that I need another single out. You know, what are we doing? What are we doing? But again, it kind of got tied into individuals just busy doing other things. Mm. And there, that's where I felt that also that form of abandonment. So that's kind of like the best way I can put that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I know it's, it, like I said, very, very devastating. Um, to this day, I still have questions. You know, so around what year was? Is it ninety seven, ninety eight? Ninety seven, ninety eight, because ninety six came out, and I want to say ninety seven, ninety eight is when I roughly probably came off the label, maybe maybe a year or two later. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. in late nineteen ninety eight, Polygram was bought by Seagram, which then absorbed the company into Universal Movie Group, and under the reorganization, Mercury Records was folded, and the newly formed Island Def Jam took over. So oh. a lot of the rosters, um, were, some of them were put on Def Jam. So Island, so because I, I, I remember '97, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I went to college in the U.S. and 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 I, and I noticed around that '97, EMI, Polygram, they Polygram bought them of uh, Motown, and they were they were just merging and selling, and so what's even happened at, in, in Interscope as well. They were telling artists, you know, we can't put up a new album right now. We're about to get sold or bought and we need to just put everything on free. So I could mm. see the unfortunate timing that happened, especially with Universal buying up smaller labels and closing them down. So that might have been, you know, when they were talking about shelving and putting everything on hold. So that get unfortunate situation. Yeah. Um, so how... So, but you, you mentioned the other thing that you did mention was the the connection with Missy because um you, okay you mentioned being on the same label as Brian McKnight and others but what was it about yourself and Missy that there was a click not click but a, a connection where you know she, you know not apart from just featuring your song there's a part of your personality that she really liked and 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 took you uh, um, on board. Well, I know one of the biggest things she said to me again and during that time she was like. Um, Gina, you just have such a unique voice. She really, really felt like my voice was just so different and unique. And I re recall her a couple of times even saying to me, your voice is so unique and different and dope that it may go over people's heads. And I'm like, well, you know, is that good or bad? And, it, and she was like, well, it depends because there's always a timing with things too. And, I, and, and the reason that she said that because she and I would, you know, like I said, we, we, we did our hanging out and there was times where I would, you know, sing and she would hear like different sounds in me, which is more displayed on that second album that never came out. Mm. And I want to say it's more so the John B tracks that John and I did. If you listen to those tracks, that was really where my vocals and me were kind of like that, that real cohesive bond. So mm -hmm. Missy, you know, when she would hear me sing and do certain little things, she just was like, it's just different, you yeah. know, but it could really go over people's heads. So, and I think she was so attracted to that. And, you know, um, like I said, there was a, you know, a couple of times she had, she had me do some reference vocals and I just recall her reactions at certain times. And then, you know, she would, you know, even though, you know, I know she had little Mo and then there was Nicole Ray and, yeah. you know, and of course there's Coco. 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 a lot of us had somewhat, <laughs> somewhat of a similar sound. But I remember her still always saying to me, "All y'all have some dope vocals," but it was just still was something a little different about. Um, I guess some of the riffs that I would do that just were just, it wasn't that they were so crazy and, you know, they were just different. Yeah. My tone was just a little bit different. So I think with that, again, the answer to your question is I think that's what really had her, you know, you know, had that attraction there, yeah. you know, with, with my vocals. And I know when, even when I did the things you do, she was like, just the little riffs that you do, you know, right in that song, mm. she was like, it's, it's very unique. And like I said, at a point we, you know, we got closer and then I, I think, you know, once, you know, she got really so big and so busy, you know, and then we started hearing, again, I started hearing other rumors, you know, but um, as far as like she and I, I mean, it, it we just, I, 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 I wasn't hearing from anybody anymore. I was reaching out to folks and trying to just figure it out. And then at that point, you know, um, it was just so exhausting to just try to keep up with everything and everyone. And I'm like, okay, nobody's giving me that feel. So I guess maybe nobody's feeling me, you know, I I'm just not sure, you know, and just so much, just so many emotions, so many feelings. And, you know, and I'm like, yo, you gotta be tough in this business. Like huh, you got to be so tough because it can destroy a person. It can literally destroy a person. Cause it's like, you know, they say you here today, going tomorrow. No, you here today, you're going today. You know, it's almost like that anymore, you know. And well, now it's a whole nother ball game and a whole nother level of the industry out there. But nevertheless, um, we just kind of went separate ways, you know. It, it became a distant. And then, I, like I said, with the whole uh, past the mic with DJ Cassidy, me and Missy, um, I got this call one day and I just couldn't believe it. I just, you know, from her, wow. you know. Um, yeah, she called me before we actually did the, the recording because I wasn't sure if they were going to reach her or not. But lo and behold, I found out they outreached to her first. And she was like, well, does anybody have Gina's information? Because I don't know. And I've been trying to reach her and, and I don't have her information, et cetera, et cetera. So um, Cassidy reached out to me and said, Missy wants to know if it's okay if she has your number. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is another dream come true. I, I, I mean, I've dreamed about this woman if we would ever get reconnected again. So I'm like, uh, trick question. <laughs> so, so he gave her my number, but um, someone started calling me and I'm like, I don't realize this number. And I don't know if people are like me, if I don't recognize the number, I'm not answering it. You got to be stored in my phone. So then I got a text. Is this Gina? And I'm like, uh... I'm texting back, who's this? And then she gave me another text. Um, I think it was like the things you do or something she said. And I'm like, yeah, who's this? And then it was something else that she texted me. I can't remember. I still have the text. Um, <laughs> and then she had said something else. She was like, that's me calling you. This is Miss, it's Missy calling you from this number. And I said, you know what? It is a New York number. Maybe it is her. So sure enough, I said, okay, call again. So she called and I was like, hello. And when I heard her voice, I just, I, I became numb. I became so numb. And I had to, I had to, you know, keep myself together, but so many emotions came across me in that call. There's so much I wanted to say, but I didn't say. And I just was so glad that I was able to hear her voice again and Hopefully she felt the same way with me, 
And I just know when we were on the phone for probably almost two hours, wow. you know, just talking about different things. And she was sharing so many things with me. And I was very appreciative of that conversation. And she just said, make sure you store my number and I'm definitely going to store yours. So every now and again, she will hit me up. She texts me on Mother's Day. Okay. Um, the other day, she sent me a picture of she and I from back in the day. So... <laughs> I'm thankful that, you know, she still thinks of me and I definitely still think of her. Yeah. So um, it's amazing because one of the things that we music fans saw, especially we, we were talking about Missy, was that, you know, she featured with you. She featured on New Edition. We noticed she didn't have a record deal. And so naturally, when she did get the opportunity to sign with Electra, she had a big production deal. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And so... Did you recognize at those times that she had that that much talent and that she oh you know when you first she first featured on your track did you realize wow she's gonna go places or oh yeah oh yeah hands down Be just simply because like I said you know there was other things that she let me hear and just hearing that you know um, she had I, I believe at that time had started writing for Aaliyah and there was other artists that you know she was doing things for just from what she has said to me. And mm -hmm. I was like, there's no doubt in my mind that she's going to be big. I like, hands down, I, I knew that she definitely was going places. Is that, did I answer your question correctly? Are you, were you referring to when I first started working with her at Electra? I'm sorry, at uh, with the things you do? No, yeah, well, when you first came across, cause you know, it, it's, you know, sometimes people see athletes and say, when they see them said, wow, this person's gonna be a superstar. Like someone see Michael Jordan in high school yeah. and thinking he's, they're going to go big. And I, because I do wonder, like, what did she have that, she, that other artists, or even yourself, that might not have had to, for her career to propel in, in that way? She was very unique, especially as a writer. And okay. I mean, as fast as she could write. I'm sorry, I, I, I think I had taken this question um, another way. She, um, she was um, a fast writer. She was, okay. a, she's a, she's a great vocal arranger and she mm. just has this ear. It's, it's just phenomenal. Like she knows a hit and she knows if it's not a hit. She's always, as long as I've known her, like she's always, she have she has always been that way, yeah. you know? And um, it just was amazing to see someone in their craft, you know, come together and, 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 and just bring that to the table and the time frame that she would do it at that. And then even her dancing and just, it just was, she was on a whole nother level. Like you just, it was, it was, it was, it was a breath of fresh air to the scene at the time. Yeah. So just to know that, whoa, you know, you're working with someone that, okay, this is on another level. You know, you know that they're going places. It just was phenomenal. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, working with Rodney, he's, he as well is, you know, it, it still is, of course, an awesome writer, producer, songwriter, you know. Um, yeah. it, it, but, 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 but Missy just, I, I, like I said, when I worked with her and, or just would go with her in the studio and then just saw how she worked, I'm like, and I had been in the studio, mind you, with other people yeah. and other artists, but it was just like, she's incredible. She's freaking incredible. Just, just, you know, a, a true, true, true blessing to the industry, you know, yeah. so. Well, yeah. But then, then being you know new to the uh, industry, what did you did you what much did you learn from her to try and add to your game to try and 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 propel your career? 
Okay, um, your question is, what have I learned from her that I no, took to, within yeah, myself? Yeah, especially back then, because if, if you see, see what she was doing and, and how it, it was progressing, because, uh, uh, you know, we've not been in the industry, so we don't know what it's like. And I know vocally, it's one thing to be a, a, a vocal powerhouse, but mm -hmm. you also talked about the business side and you know, here she is writing. And I'm sure by now you might have understood about the publishings and how important it is to be the songwriter or, or have those extra credits and stuff. Mm -hmm. did, did, what is it that you took from, from Missy to think, OK, how can I sharpen my game? Well, at that time, um, it more so was I saw how she would always say publishing is how you eat. <laughs> so okay. it would. Yeah. So it was more of like, well, Gina, you know, you need to write more. So that's why, like I said, again, when that second album came around, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I wrote most of that album, you know, um, or or should I say a great portion of it? Yeah. Um, so with that, I saw that writing is where it's at but I mean I actually learned that with Rodney Jerkins as well you know but it like I said but it more it more was in my frontal lobe as I began to um work on that second album mm -hmm. so I would say it was the writing aspect you know um because you're able to fill it more within if you can write it you know, you, you, you can describe it and you, and you probably can feel it more versus someone always writing your songs and you have to live with it and, and feel it. But when you're writing your own stuff, yeah. it's like, that's where it's at, that's home. And now I can see why Little Mo does that a lot. And I can see why a lot of artists do because it's, it's coming from you. You, you. you know, like when you wrote that, where you were coming from, you yeah. know exactly what was going on, what, what was the driving point you know, you, 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 you hear it and you know it because you've developed it from, from day one. So yeah. that's what I've learned. And I noticed that when she, again, when she, you know, writes, she just be so zoned. She be so zoned out. And it, like I said, her creation is just phenomenal. And, and she'll tell you, it's just, it's just, she knows that she's blessed with that. It just comes within yeah. and she, she prefers to write her own stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've interviewed, um, Timmy Gatlin, who from Guy, and even Melvin Riley from Ready for the World, and and they talk about as writers, you know, mm -hmm. the song just comes to the head. They write it, and it's like that's it. It so it, it's not a, it was more of a gifting that you can't really teach. It's just so I guess you you can't say you can't. Any, I'm going to try and be like a Missy because that's her natural gifting that she probably yeah. has to be able to to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. By the time you were coming out with your first album on Electra, um, had Missy dropped her solo album or was she working on that? Um, I believe she was still working on it, but also on other projects because, like I said, I know she was doing some things with Nicole Ray. Mm. Um, yeah, she definitely, and I think Nicole, yeah, was on her album, her her label. Yeah. Um, and she was doing some things with Nicole Ray and like I said, she had a lot going on at that time. And yes, working on her own project. So again, I think that's why she kind of was like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll stamp this and put my blessing here. But, you know, you and your manager, you know what I mean? Gina, you you do you on this album. You feel yourself out. You, you do what you feel you didn't get that opportunity to do before, you know? And that's why I said I was able to carve out more of my writing. But at the yeah. same token, I, I kind of wish there still was 
I had more of her there, but I got it. You know what I mean? And I said, I had to keep going. I was like, this is my second opportunity. I got to keep going. And then bam, I went through the pretty much the whole scenario again, got the album show, heard they were shelving, you know, other artists. And on that label, it was Gerald, Le not, not who was being shelved. I'm sorry. My label mates. I know it was Buster Rhymes, Gerald LeBert, um, Nicole Ray, you know, um, I, I can't even remember if Little Mo was on that label or not. I'm sorry. I don't even remember. Um, Missy, you know, it was, it was a lot of artists, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They had, they had them in Vogue was on Electra mm -hmm. and, and they, and they had Dawn leave um, just as they came out with their EV3. Um, but, and I, and I guess, you know, a lot of us, we, we'd be looking at and, and thinking, was your A&R involved in helping you make sure you had the right, right songs, production, did you get the right type of producers who, um, who were really making the hits back in there to make sure that at least the album, you know, if it's coming under Missy's um, goldmine had the ability to, to make a, uh, I mean, was a Sylvia Rohn involved? Did she not listen to what was happening or? Yeah, I mean, she was, but like I, the B, uh, like I said, I know it was more of, I would say, hey, I would like to work with this person. And so then what would happen is um, I would just bring it to their attention. Okay, go ahead. So my manager at the time, he would just make the connections happen get in touch with the people that I, you know, said I wanted to work with. Yeah. And then it, you know, it kind of went from there. And then it was like, they would hear the finished product and say that they would like it, you know, whatever. And then we kept it moving. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was told um, they put out Yada Yada and then they weren't going to put out another single. Again, you hear rumors, you hear so many different things. And I was like, you got to be kidding me again, again. You know, so um, Marilyn Bob was my A&R at Electra, mm. And he had said to me, he was like, if you want, we can even try to get you on another label because they too apparently were folding or whatever, however you want to call it, you mm. know, um, merging, folding, whatever, but they, they weren't putting any more albums out. And I was like, I just can't win for losing. I, I, I don't know. And that's why I said to you, you know, that right there, that was, that took, that stole me right there. Like, because I put so much into that, Yeah. you know, and I'm, and, and not to toot my own horn, but honestly speaking, that album, even to this day, if that album had got support, there's no doubt in my mind that that album was a good album. It was a really, really good album. And mm. even to this day, I think that that album has some great potential yeah. um and you, you know most people may say well most people would say that about their own product yeah. but i truly truly have to say it was a nice combination you mm -hmm. had you had a combination so it was a variety with that album i mean like i said jazzy jeff's camp was on there mm -hmm. you know beanie siegel was on there i even had my cousin do like a nice hip-hop track that beanie siegel did so mm -hmm. you haven't I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you're yeah, sorry. So you're having all these flavors on there and, you know, Missy, you know, and then, like I said, John B and Montel Jordan's camp. Like, yo, <laughs> that album was really, really, it was, it was, it was heart. It was heartfelt for real. Yeah. yeah. 
what, what so is uh, I know back in those days, if they don't make the physical copies, then you know that's it. But have you used to have access to the to the to the album? What the reels? You mean the? No, just just I mean the songs that that were all recorded and stuff. Has do you still had copies version of uh, the digital versions of it that so people absolutely could hear? not never got nothing. Never got nothing. And I've the manager that I'm working with now is, you know, really trying hard. He and I have had a long, you know, uh, talk and um, and he knows me um, and he's working on some things. But even with the first album, I never got anything. Um, I had been I was told that, you know, the album had, um, I guess, worldwide, at least worldwide, was gold, but I've never received nothing. Nobody's ever, I have no plaque. I have no nothing, nothing negative. I don't have nothing. So, you know, like I said, you know, um, the manager that I'm working with now, um, we've, we've talked about some things and, you know, he's, he's working on some things. So prayerfully, um, and even with the second album, I've you know, poured my heart out to him, you know, um, how I feel about, you know, a number of things. And he's seeing what he can work out. Okay. And so prayerfully, you know, um, I'll be able to at least get something to show what I've done, you know, yeah. besides just having the regular album. But yeah, it's like I said, you know, people will chew you up and think nothing about it. Yeah. But you, you got to have that tough skin. You really, mm. really do. And I've, and I've, and you know what it, I might have been a late bloomer with it, but like I said to my manager now, um, I know where my heart and my mind is right now, you know, and ultimately my hopes are not high, but my faith in God is. Yeah. So that's where I stand. Yeah. But, but cause I guess it's always strange because I know back in those days they would, they would have the CD and, and even the promo copies and stuff. At least those songs, have you been able to listen to them since then? I mean, on on, on oh, one yeah. of yours. Okay, you still have access oh, yeah. to all the songs. Okay. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, I still can. What I thought you were referring to yeah. was act the actual reels, like the Oh, the masters. masters. No, yeah, no, no, yeah, those ones. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I was yeah, actually, I actually at least a copy of the CD, so, okay. Oh, yeah, online, but like a physical copy? I don't have one. Okay. No, no. I did have one, but again, that's a, that's a, um, a story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> part of my depression life where some things had happened. So it was almost like, I just didn't want nothing to remind me of nothing. It was a moment I went through. Yeah. I just, I just tried to erase that part of my life. I really, <laughs> whew, I really did. But, um, I do have access to it online. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that, that um, especially when we started this show over the lockdown, people were going through a lot and, and hearing stories and inspirational journeys from artists was really helpful and stuff. And because and, we all deal and battle, you know, setbacks very differently. And, and right. it's always good when we see the other side of it and stuff. And being an artist... Um, having a hit single, having your name out there, having all these friends, and then you you get dropped and everyone forgets your number and, and you're sort of outcast in, in a way. 
-hmm. how as a human being did, did what it, is it like you know having everyone just say you know one minute everyone knows you're around you know you're everywhere bt whatever it is next minute no one wants to know you and you want to know how that feels yeah, because none of us can imagine it because we've not been in the limelight and then um, with the light switched off right afterwards. Yeah, it is truly, truly devastating. It is so, like I said earlier, traumatizing. Hmm. Um, trying to keep myself together. Because sometimes when I think about what I went through, the good Lord kept me from taking my own life. So it's a hurtful feeling, a feeling that I wish on no one. But I'm also filled with a lot of joy because I've learned a lot. And like I said, you know, I had to learn my, I had to learn to love myself all over again. And I had to learn to say, I'm sorry, bear with me. I had to learn to say, This world didn't make you, so don't let them break you. Mm. That God is the one that had gave me this gift, that has given me this gift. So why am I letting man do this to me? When I say man, I just mean in general, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're being, yeah. I don't wish it on my worst enemy. It was so dark for me. The depression was so real. And there's so much more that I could say, but um, it's in the past now. Mm. You begin to try to look for love in the wrong places. Which, you know, can lead to self-destruction. Mm. But like I said, the good Lord saved me. Yeah. He, um, he brought a wonderful man in my life, my husband to this day of 20 plus years, who loved me for me. So these are also tears of joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Like I said, um, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. I mean, you seeing me tear up now. Imagine what it was like then. Um, I wouldn't eat. Hmm. And like I said, I tried to take my own life. Because I just felt like betrayed and everybody gave up on me. So... But the good Lord brought me back. That's so why I yeah. said, you know, I'm just thankful for that. So that's pretty much, I don't know, hopefully I answered your question. 
no no you did and and it's you know it's um it, it's it's strange because um, most of the female r&b artists who have have interviewed um have had very similar type of testimonies and stories about you know one minute we're hot and then when the deals been taken away our, we felt like our identity was taken away with us and we didn't know who we were it's it's oh lord have mercy it's yeah oh yeah Oof, yeah what what's the hardest part is it um how being recognized by fans and wondering oh where you at or is it family and friends thinking hey do you know what's going on with you know we thought you're a rec big recording star um it's uh the people that just kick your back in you know that's what's hurtful like like they just don't understand you know um not the ones that are supportive because you have the support out there as well, yeah. you know, but those ones that kick you back in, you know, are you broke B or you, you this, oh, she out there, she had to get another job and she yeah. had to do this and she had to do that or she couldn't sing anyway. And I'm just like, and they just, it's like, man, when you down, they just keep, you know, just bam. And it's just like, they just kicking you and just kicking you. And I'm just like, oh what's my name who am I anymore like yeah. mm -hmm. am I am I a human being or am I just a zombie on medicine like yeah. so but nevertheless like I said even these tears that you see they're tears of tears of joy because still at the end of the day the yeah. person that I am right now is much stronger than that person I was there then yeah. and like I said the love I have my children you know I have my my husband who is my, my husband is my rock. He is mm. my everything. Without my husband, like, listen, <laughs> this man is, that's, he's everything to me. He's so supportive. He's like, honey, if you want to, you know, do music, whatever you want to do, he's so supportive. I became a registered nurse with a master's degree. We're working on as to be a, a, a doctor, nurse practitioner. Mm. So, um, and I'm proud to say that. I, yes, I, I, I mean, I'm Gina Thompson. But I'm so very proud to say where God has brought me today. Yeah. You understand? There's no shame in my game. And mm. my story, like I said, is, 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 is I'm sure it can heal someone else because there's many people out there that have gone through what, I, what, I, what I've gone through at, or are going through what I'm going through. And I would love to just have a minute to talk with them, to tell them, you know, how you can get through this because the world didn't give that to you. So they can't take that away from you. They mm. cannot. And that's the thing. Then you got to say, but what about your fans? Because there's fans, there's people out there that love you. So you want to turn them off for the people that don't like you? Mm -hmm. Like you still got love out there. And this is where I'm, I'm, believe it or not. Yeah, it's 20 something plus years later, but this is where I'm at now beginning to, to say this, like, uh-uh, no, mm -mm. God has given me this. You understand? Yeah. They didn't. So you let your fans down. So that's kind of like where I'm at today, you know, and um, like I said, my, my, another accomplishment uh, of being um, a, a nurse with a master's degree in it, I take that all day, every day. It's a, it's a gift from God. My husband held it down for me and my family and we did it. And I'm so very proud of it. I'm mm -hmm. so very proud of it. I feel the love more in, in, in that accomplishment 
than 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 what I had gone through in the past. Like I feel appreciated. I feel I I don't feel I you know what I mean. I don't feel the betrayal. You know I don't feel uh, let down. You know and that hard work. I you know that paid off. Now don't get me wrong. I am so thankful to God for the opportunity for being able to be Gina Thompson and, you know, and for my fans that love me and, and I'm here and I want them to know that I'm here, but mm. that accomplishment of me, you know, um, walking across that stage to get my, let me tell you, <laughs> that <laughs> feeling right there was so rejuvenating and created a new me and a stronger me. And I'm so proud of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm Gina Thompson and I'm also a registered nurse <laughs> so, and I love it, you know, yeah. and, and I, and I love my family. Like I said, without my husband, let me tell you, listen, he helped me find me. My kids helped me find me. Mm -hmm. And like I said, those tears, yeah, I, you know, definitely was, it was devastating. That journey was, you know what I mean? But I'm still yeah. here by the God, by the grace of God. And my husband never gave up on me. And yeah. he's still here with me. So yeah. that's where I'm at. So that's that's my story. <laughs> You're sticking to it. I love me and I love what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And I love music. I'm, it's, it's embedded in my soul. I love yeah. it. You know, but if I never was to do another record, trust me, I would love to. Don't get me wrong. I would love to. But if I if I don't, if it's not in the Lord's will, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, but... I am still very happy with the life that I am living right now. Mm. I love it. I love yeah. it. And I love my fans. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think as we, as we, as we wrap up, I mean, I guess, how did, should it, had you seen Pastor Mike before you heard from Cassidy? Had you seen volume one, volume two, volume three, before he, he did the BT one? No, believe it or not, I did oh. not. Like what's so crazy is when an old friend of mine um, was, was getting in touch with me, um, he was trying to tell me about it. And I'm like, I never heard of it. But also let me share with you, I've been so busy, you know, with just, you know, just like really haven't been watching TV. You know, my kids are in school, one son in college and me and my husband just, you know, we work and we do what we do. So I, we really don't even have much time for television. So when I was told about it, I was like, all right, well, let me check it out. And then so um, eventually I spoke to DJ Cassidy. And so he sent me um, the other ones that happened prior to ours. Yeah. And I'm like, this thing is huge. This thing is big. So, you know, I just, like I said, and like I told him then, and I'll say it again now, I'm very honored. And it was, it was great to be a part of that journey. And I would do it again. And I would do it again. <laughs> You know, I, I love it. I'm even trying to come overseas. I already told my manager that. I was like, listen, we got to make something happen. This Zoom is cool and all. I need to go over there. So, um, yeah, it was, um, I did I did see a couple of them before I did do it. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Was it nerve wracking then? Because you said you hadn't sung for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you know that it's going to get a, a, a worldwide audience of over 5, 10 million people. Did you, were you nervous as you were like recording your part and, and going through the, the, the motions? I, you know what? Honestly, I was. I definitely was because <laughs> it had been a long time. Yeah. So I was like, well, God, thank you because I can sing along with the, <laughs> the record. <laughs> so, but nevertheless, um, it was really um, a great experience. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Not necessarily just being able to sing again, 
and do that again. But the fact that my son and my husband, my family, we recorded right in my house mm. and they were able to just witness me do something like that. So that's the joy of my, my heart, like that they were able to see that. And I saw them smiling at me and my middle son, well, my second son, like he loves music. And so, you know, and he likes to sing. So when he, you know, was in the kitchen and just like watching me, that made <laughs> me want to do it like even more, just make sure I was on point, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, it was joyous. It was a blessing. And like I said, I would do it again. Um, and I'm thankful. I'm, and I told DJ Cassidy, you know, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. And if I can help out in any other way, let me know. Yeah, because you have to understand, you know, he, he reached out to a number of artists from the 90s, but there's yeah. so many others that didn't get an opportunity selected. to get yeah. selected. And, you know, it's, it's you know, I've probably spoken to a, like a third of the people who did both the 90s one, but it's it's like there's so many others who haven't. And um, to pick your, your song and say, yep, I'm going to feature it. Yeah. You know, that's that. It's almost like a, a like a nice little end redemption story and stuff, and and I guess the fans want to know any what should ex wish we sh what should we or can we expect come twenty twenty two? Sure, sure. Well, um, like I said, I just linked up with um an old um manager of mine's, excuse me, um, and he and I um are working on some things, so I do want to get in the studio and start doing some more writing. Okay. Um, and, um, we're going to, you know, kind of take it from there. And I told him, I'd like to, you know, um, travel, do some, you know, do some shows here and there, but for the most part, people do still want to hear that, that new music. So right now we're, we're going to be working on some things come the first of the year, be getting in the studio and doing some writing and then prayerfully, whatever I produce or put forth, you know, um, you know, my fans will be receptive of it. And, you know, we'll see where it goes one step at a time. I would, yeah. I just want my fans to know that, you know, that I do love and appreciate them. They do, um, I do owe my fans an apology as well. Um, I wanted to mention that earlier um, because like I said, what I did was I let, you know, others hold me back that that weren't fans or that didn't care for me. So I let them win. And in, in the end, my, my fans suffered and it yeah. shouldn't have been that way. If anything, I should have kept going for my fans. So you know, I owe, I owe that apology to them, you know, and at the same time, hopefully they can understand that I had to heal. Yeah. I had to grow and I had to learn because, um, and, and, and re-love myself or let's say love myself, because if I, if I don't love myself, there's nothing I can't, I can't do anything for anybody else. Yeah. You understand? What I'm saying? And of course I got to love my family. And, and of course I do. And, and I do love my fans. So what they can expect from me, like I said, I am going to be back in the studio doing some writing um, hopefully I can even write for, you know, other artists. I have um, some very talented individuals in my family and I do plan on collaborating with um, some of them. One of them, um, he, he too was an artist. His name was, um, is Young Steph. And he, um, he was on Rockefeller um, years, years ago. And then um, I forgot what label he went to, but he had a song out. It was called Juke. And again, like I said, his name is Young Step. He's my nephew. And he's been also been collaborating with other people, doing some writing. And I just had him um, around this weekend because my husband and I had a Christmas party. And my nephew was there. And we were just talking about how we're going to get together and do some collaborating with some writing, even if it's, you know, demoing for other artists. And then mm. see what I, you know, if, if, if. If the vibe, you know, is, 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 is steady and it's there, then like I said, to may even produce something for myself. 
but I definitely want to um, travel. And, um, you know, I, I told Dallas that one of the biggest things I would, would love to do is, is, is come overseas. But I know that people want music, too. But I told him, I says, if my single is still rocking and people is wanting me to do a show, you know, yeah. somewhere over there, I'd be more than happy to come on over there, you know. So, yeah. Well, I know one of the things that people we would love to see because um, and, and a lot of artists have been doing this is um, re-recording um, or re-performing some of the like the things we do and, yeah. you know, posting it on your, your your social media so that we can you know we, we can sort of see you doing it now like we saw with with Cassidy stuff but doing a little bit more version someone with a guitar and and you're singing and maybe the the old one that you, you know the old version with Rodney and then and then the updated version um we we didn't really get to hear the second album and so you know wh why not help us re-record that one and yeah. um, and get people to feature in it so we can see oh this is the album we we we, uh, we we never really got to to listen to, um, mm -hmm. so we, and it's, 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 if it still has that '90s vibe to it, it it mm -hmm. it, it to be very similar to what um, Bruno Mars has, has has been doing, trying to go okay. rediscover the old stuff. So you know, it, it sometimes you don't want to reinvent, you know, keep going and reinventing the wheel when you still mm -hmm. have so much stuff that you did before that we hadn't really um, heard heard yeah so yeah. you know it, it might, might you know might not be a bad idea just to re-record as i said the second album for us to to listen mm -hmm. to and if you can't get john b then you can probably get somebody else to sort of feature you know if montel was on it you could give him a call he's no longer with def jam he probably could say oh, yeah i'll lend my vocals so it's that yeah. you know it's that those kind of things might 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 be easier to and stuff plus it, it you have pretty much will own the copies that you've just re-recorded -re yeah. stuff yeah, everything's digital now, so you know it, it's easier for us all to be able to receive it and stuff. So, yeah, so that that, that might be something you know to consider. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> with your just stuff. Um, I yeah, so you know, um, but yeah, just as I said, it, it it just try and do post more stuff on social because that's pretty much how we're engaging with with with, with our favorite favorites yeah it's the social media watching them I, I don't know if you saw the can we talk challenge the the um that tank put out the um it, he challenged r&b singers to well mainly male r&b singers to try and sing the bridge of tevin campbell's can we talk and that's become a viral thing so every, most of the 90s men are coming up singing it and then some females or you know tony braxton to to, uh, Tamar okay. Braxton also joined in, and uh, I'm trying to even say, every, yeah, people, it was, it's been almost a national phenomenon. Can we talk? So if you go to YouTube and type in "Can we talk?" challenge, you just see okay. it gone, gone viral. So there's, there's but it, what's happening is that this is how people are remembering and, and reconnecting and really rediscovering R&B. So yeah, mm -hmm. so as I said, there's so much that you can sort of do. To then start to get people to start to think, oh, okay, do you know? Oh, well, well let's just put on a bill and the stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yes. I got, you. I got you, and I thank you for that um, that input as well. Um, I do know um, that uh, the guy that I'm working with, Daryl, um, I know he's doing some uh, searching and in, in investigation, you yeah. know, for some things with with that second project because I shared with him the story about that as well, and I'm like. You know, the album is still a nice album. So, and given what you said as well, 
you know, um, that's, that's, you know, that's a phenomenal idea, but I most definitely will check out that. Um, can we talk challenge? I most yeah. definitely will. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But like I said, come 2022, um, definitely being more focused on some things and, and one, one of them being weight loss, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's some things that, you know, I'm looking forward to. Okay. And again, I thank you so very much for your support. It's, it, it means so much to me. I appreciate it. And all my fans out there. Yeah. I mean, as I said, they're going to enjoy, I mean, um, yeah, they're going to enjoy listening and hearing and hearing your story. I, it would be great if you treat us to, you know, um, you know, another a rendition of some, some of your songs, post them on, on, on your social media. We'll just, okay. and we can, it, 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 uh, it keeps you, keeps your name out there and, and yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got <laughs> so okay. I, when I end, I always ask all my guests when, um, as I leave that, if you were stuck in an elevator and they said, look, you're going to be a couple of hours, but we'll put a movie on for you while you're waiting. What movie would you request to watch? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Let me see. What movie would I Honestly, listen, because lately, <laughs> lately I've been watching Tyler Perry um, <laughs> his stage play. So I'm going to be honest. Um, I can do battle by myself, his stage play. I just okay. love <laughs> you ask yeah, yeah you please put my Tyler Berry I can do that all by myself okay. put out the phone <laughs> me and my husband we like like and, and my husband like you know he doesn't you know like really watch TV like that either but he loves Tyler Perry's plays and <laughs> even my kids my kids be like, who that call my name? <laughs> so, yeah, Tyler Perry thing around our house lately. Even my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law lives with us as well. And she loves Tyler Perry too. So okay. yeah, I'm up on that elevator. You better have me some Tyler Perry. <laughs> okay, okay. And I think the final part is like, if the movie's about to come on, but say, let's play a track for you. What, what, I mean, do you have a, a go-to, your time favorite song that you, you'd always like to listen to? Um... Whew, yeah, I, um, let me see, um, I like Charlie Wilson, man, he's one that I've been actually listening, listening a lot to, um, my name is Charlie. Okay. Yeah, I like, I like, I like Charlie Wilson, but I'm also a Joe fan, I love, oh gosh, I've always loved Joe, it's between one, it's between them two, probably Joe you know, um, all the things. I know that's an old song, but no, that, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, that song just is like, it, it crushes. And like I said, Charlie Wilson, I just love his voice as well. Yeah. So, and I have their stations on my um, Pandora, so. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, um, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe's, you know, you know, he was, he was like the Lionel Richie to Michael Jackson with R. Kelly yeah. in the 90s. That's, if there was no R. Kelly, Joe probably would have been the biggest male uh, R&B star in the 90s is just that's but you know and, and he's a phenomenal writer and um, came up with some amazing songs um, mm -hmm. my, my all-time favorite is Michael Jackson's Lady the Lady in My Life and, and oh, you know yeah. so I always want to get everyone else's um, opinion as to what they that their sort of go-to song and, and things like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah but, no I hear you yeah Carl 
another one too. I mean, I know it's old school, but Emotional by Carl Thomas. Mm. That's another one. Of, uh, I mean, I could keep that on repeat, you know, uh, those, mm, yeah. But you know, all of these people you've listed, they're all still touring. I mean, Charlie Wilson has just been added to New Edition tour with Jodeci. Okay. So, okay. so he's, yeah. he's he's New Edition with Charlie Wilson and Jodeci, and they're just mm -hmm. they're starting a new world tour. Joe is doing a tour with um, um, with um, uh, I know you Maxwell. Philly Maxwell, yep. yeah. And then there's and, and Anthony else. Hampton. You got it, and I would yeah. absolutely love. I think they're coming our way at least close by me. I think it's in April, Atlantic City. I yeah. think so, because I know I asked my husband, I was like, babe, can we go to this? <laughs> so, yeah, he knows, he knows who I love. He just, he knows, he knows it. He already knows. Yeah. Like, but but, all, but they're all still singing, you know, they're all coming out and yeah. they're, all, they're, all, they're all singing and stuff. So, um, you know, SWVJ just reunited. Um, so they're all, they're all coming back because there's there's a demand for those those um those the, the 90s artists and 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 those songs and stuff and so as i said it's um it's one thing to re-record some of the, the the hit that you had but then mm -hmm. maybe um other well-known songs that you were really they really liked putting your own interpretation it it then puts puts people puts you out there and stuff um mm -hmm. so yeah we, we definitely <laughs> we'll we'll definitely be looking forward to the scene and hearing hopefully in the near sure. future <laughs> it's coming yeah. off with things yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. so definitely it's it's that's been yeah really appreciate the, the the time you you took today um especially you know going through uh through your story and um but you know and as i said for us it's always the even in the midst of darkness they you've, you've been able to come through the end and and, and and yeah. stuff and and that's part this is part of what we celebrate is that you know, you, you've been able to tell us there were some tough times, but yet look where you are now. And that's mm -hmm. part of the inspirational side that we like to really share and, and, and promote to, 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 to the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, too. I appreciate it. Yeah. Really <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully we'll get to, hopefully, in the, you know, we, we, we won't wait too long to, to see, to see you record yourself singing and, and, mm -hmm. and posting it so we can like, Oh, I'll share it and, and 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 really just keep 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 the buzz and, and the name going. So hopefully that's that will be stuff that we can see in, in as soon as in the near future and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You will. You'll see it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, appreciate it. It's eleven thirty at night here, so um, <laughs> uh, back to work in the morning and stuff. But I appreciate you know, for for the time and stuff. And um, yeah, um, yeah. I've just finished interviewing Lily from SWV. And, oh. and, and, and <laughs> she had a very similar story to yours. The same thing when SWV broke up. You know, the same sort of being in a dark place and 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 you know um, and having to you know get an, a job making eleven in, in a factory and you not know, well, a factory, but it's, yeah, making eleven bucks an hour and just starting afresh. Um, so she, you know, she's you know it. So when you and even when I interviewed um, Tabitha Duncan from Cut Close. You know, they Missy was working on their second album. They did stuff with Pharrell. They shelved the album, and she had to get a job as a as a as a babysitter. You know, because yeah. you can't go out in the street and people says, "Oh, cut clothes. What are you doing?" and stuff. So she couldn't get a regular associate. So, 
so it's you know so it's the, the sad theme that we're hearing from from the artists is that we didn't recognize and know that you guys have the videos and give us a sense of glamour and happiness but we didn't realize what was happening behind the scenes and stuff oh yeah yeah i actually after i had left i actually went and actually became a correctional officer before i became a nurse i was like i have to feed my family mm. and that was let me tell you that was tough that was tough that was tough but i had to do it and i did it for almost 10 years wow Mm -hmm. wow did anyone recognize you oh of course they did so can you imagine can you imagine yeah mm -hmm. just talking and just saying everything but I just said I, it's my son I gotta take him my business I gotta feed mine I gotta do what I gotta do you know I have to do what I gotta do so that's mm -hmm. what I did when you left Mercury did what about the Rev and, and Rodney did they because he would have done Brandy he would have gotten bigger did he not say come on Gina let's did, did you just cut connection with them as well? Yeah, yeah. It was just, like I said, nobody tried to get in touch with me. Uh, no. Mm -mm. Yeah. But I have spoken with the Rev since. Yeah, I have. Because he was doing some things with my son, my oldest son that, you know, raps. But mm. I don't know if they're still working together, but... He did yeah. outreach to me, um, and every now and again he would outreach. Like when my mother passed, he, you know, sent his condolences. But um, you know, no, 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 nothing beyond that. Yeah. So yeah, so that's why when I'm listening to your story, I'm like, wow, this is this is I can see God's hand um, in, in it through through those dark times and stuff. And and it's, I'm really glad that you've you know, sort of come through and and um, really look forward, as I said for 2022 for you to to shine and showcase and show people what's what was on hiatus for a short time and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for watching please remember to subscribe to the channel but most importantly to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview loads to come but thanks a lot for watching